Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Beaver Parish Church. dressing gown at all times. 11 o'clock, time to start. Let's go. Welcome to Beaver. It's awesome to have you with us this morning and whether you've been part of Beaver Parish for ages or whether you've just recently found us, you're so welcome Uh, and I really hope that you find this service inspiring, that it gives you hope and joy in the midst of this strange time that we're all going through. If during the service you want to chat away to your friends, if you have a little look down this side of the screen, uh, there's the chat box. You can blather away. You can even talk to each other during the sermon without your mummy telling you to shush, which is brilliant. Uh, And if you push the button down here, if you would like prayer, and especially if something has happened this week or if you've been finding it difficult and there's something specific you'd like prayer for, just push this button down here and somebody will get back to you and pray for you. And if you want any more information about anything, up beside the chat up in this corner uh, is the notes panel and that will tell you more about all the different things that are going on. But let's get started and let's start with worship. Now this is the reason I wanted us to start off by meeting out here in my summer house. We've got this lovely big picture of the Armen Lighthouse uh, in the middle of a storm. The Armen is just off the coast of Brittany and I only found out after we bought this picture that Armen is Breton for the rock. So here is the rock standing strong in the midst of the most terrifying tempestuous storm. What a great image uh, of the faith that we have, of the strong God that we trust in. And so we're going to praise him now. This song has some actions and so if you'd like to uh, stand and limber up and get involved in the actions uh, that would be great. And so we'll hand over to Paul and Ruth now who are going to lead us in my lighthouse. Morning everybody, feel free to stand up, get your arms loose and join in the actions.
everybody and we love that song so much that we're actually going to upload it to the Beaver Parish Facebook as soon as the Sunday service is finished today and we have a little challenge for you uh, could you all watch that song sing along to it uh, on Facebook and then could you film yourselves singing the song and doing all of the actions uh, we're going to sing my lighthouse again next Sunday at uh, next Sunday service uh, and rather than just keeping the camera on Paul and Ruth the whole time wonderful as they are uh, we're going to edit together all of the clips of all of us singing it at home and uh, doing the actions at home so please send those in to us during the week and then watch out for your moment of fame in the service next Sunday and speaking of next Sunday, we're going to try something else brand new and experimental. You've maybe noticed that quite a lot of the Beaver Parish groups, our huddles and our youth cell, uh, are meeting on Zoom, which is a great way of video calling each other and chatting away to each other. And you can see the faces on the screen makes a big difference, makes it a lot more personal. And so next week, we're going to try having Sunday Club on Zoom. So the service is at 11 o'clock as usual. And then at 12 o'clock, we're going to have a Zoom Sunday Club. So again, if you look on the notes tab, you'll find all the details. You need to uh, send your email address uh, and your permission to Catherine uh, and she'll sort that all out so we can try uh, getting all the kids together on Zoom at 12 o'clock next Sunday for Zoom Sunday Club. And now one more wee announcement before we go on with the service. Could you all have a wee hook through your cupboards and see if you can find a candle and some matches? Uh, if you already take part in the daily candle every day, you probably have them to hand. If not, see if you can find one. And when later on in the service, when it comes time for our prayers, I'm going to ask that we all simultaneously light a candle together as a symbol uh, of turning to God in prayer and seeking light in the darkness. But for now, uh, we're going to hand over to Ruth, who's going to bring our scripture reading for today, and then to Adrian. This morning's reading is in two parts. The first comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 to 7, and is on the resurrection. The second part comes from John chapter 21, and is about the miraculous catch of fish. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here, he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. And from John 21. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. 
Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord! As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there, with fish on it, and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you've just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. That's in our Bible reading. We'll come back to that story in just a wee bit, but I want to take you here first. Uh, I inherited this from my mum. It's called a flannel graph, and uh, she was a Sunday school teacher for many decades. And this is so old that it's almost modern. So I want to tell you a wee story. And this is the Sea of Galilee, and this is the, the backdrop of northern Israel, Nazareth, imagine somewhere over there. Uh, all very familiar uh, for our Bible stories. There are boats. It's a fishing place. Uh, there are people who work in the fishing business. You'll know some of these. This is Peter, this is brother Andrew, and those other two guys are uh, James and John, who were all part of the fishing business, and they had boats and uh, everything else. But one day, they're down there mending their nets, and along comes a local rabbi. But he's one that we've heard of because he's making a bit of a name for himself. He's called Jesus. He's from Nazareth. And uh, a crowd begins to gather. And he ends up sitting in Peter's boat and asks Peter uh, to push out into the water a little bit so he can talk to the people. Eventually the people all disperse and he says to Peter, why don't we do a bit of fishing? Peter said, weren't very good at that last night. And Jesus said, even more reason. So out they go and they catch a big, big net full of fish. So much so that the other guys have to come out uh, and rescue them, get all these fish home. Peter is quite taken by all this and realises that... Um, He's in the presence of some greatness here. So he makes this comment to Jesus. I'm not worthy to be with you. 
Now Jesus responds as only Jesus could and says to Peter, um, and he's implying that he's a rabbi gathering up a little group of disciples. And he says, Peter, come, follow me and I will turn you into a catcher of people. Now, he asks them as well and they come too, along with um, Jesus' mother, some other women that they managed to pick along up along their travels uh, and some tax collectors and a few others. And they end up with a, a wee group of people who that we come to know as the disciples. And they end up travelling around with Jesus. The next um, three years are full of highs and lows. Great moments of uh, feeding crowds and miracles and teaching. And lots of difficult moments when they're faced with opposition uh, from political leaders and uh, religious leaders and all of that. But it reaches a, a, a critical moment on a Thursday night. Uh, after that um, Sunday procession into Jerusalem, we're on the verge of the Passover festival. Jesus with his friends for dinner. And he's telling them about what the awful things that are going to begin happening that night. Peter, rash, says no matter what happens tonight, Jesus, you can count on me. Then a couple of hours, Peter's in a courtyard in the Roman fort in Jerusalem. Jesus is over there being mistreated. Someone says to Peter, you're not one of his friends. Three times Peter says, I never knew him. That very moment, just as Jesus had predicted, the cock crowed. And Jesus, one of the gospel writers tells us that Jesus turned and looked at Peter. Peter looked back. The darkness that descended into his heart and mind. A few days later, the women are told by the angel that Jesus has gone to Galilee ahead of them. And if the disciples would like to go there, they'll meet with Jesus. So off they go. And uh, they immediately go back to fishing in Galilee, because that's what they're used to doing. Uh, and uh, it's night time. We're told that it's near dawn. And John, who's in the boat and is writing the story for us, we're in John chapter 21 now, recognises a figure on the beach and says, I think that's the Lord who calls out to them and says, um, have you any fish? He's trying to prepare breakfast. He's got a fire lit. Uh, they say, we don't have any. Familiar. And uh, Jesus says, throw the nets out on the other side. They do the same as they had done before. And they catch enough fish for it to be worth recording the number, 153. Peter has been starting to put the pieces together in his mind. He leaps into the water, swims ashore. And goes up onto the beach. Can you imagine that moment when they find themselves face to face? Thinking back to the last moment. Anyway, let's get rid of that boat. And let's put, the boat has been pulled up on the shore. The other disciples have joined them. They're having breakfast. And the reason I tell you those two stories one after the other is because you end up with exactly the same picture. See, Jesus wasn't just going ahead of them into Galilee. He was taking them back to Galilee. He was taking them back to a very important moment because some things needed to be sorted out. Certainly, for these two, there's an elephant in the room. So we leave them up there because we know that Jesus goes on to have a private conversation with Peter. There were three denials. There's going to be three restorations. 
Jesus is going to ask Peter a question three times and allow Peter to answer it honestly and truthfully. And by the end of it, there will be healing. And the question is this, Peter, do you love me? And the answer from Peter that brings about the healing for each of the three denials is, Lord, you know that I love you. But there's something that I need to tell you about this. Because when you read it in the English version that we read everything from, uh, the word for do you love me, and yes, you know I love you, in English is the same word. In Greek, it's two different words. And there's a reason for that. They're both, Peter isn't answering Jesus in the way that he's being asked. So Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And the word for love that Jesus uses, agape, you may have heard that word. It's the deep, rich love of God that's full of generosity and grace and mercy and kindness and acceptance and affirmation and love and outpouring and self-giving and all of those things that are the life of Jesus when we see him in the gospel stories. That's the heart and love of God. And when Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? It's that love, agape love. And Peter's had a bit of a reality check and all he can say is, and he used another word, it's philos. And it's at the start of words like philosophy and philanthropy, and it's a good word. But it's a word that's about commitment and friendship and something. It's a good word, but it isn't agape. So first time Jesus says, do you agape love me? Peter says, I love you like really, really good friends. Second time, Peter, do you agape love me? Peter replies, Lord, you know that I, and he uses the friendship word again. Third time, Peter, do you? This is incredible. Jesus changes his word. He abandons the agape word. Says to Peter, do you love me like a really good friend? And Peter says, yes, Lord, that's what I love you. And the healing's complete because they've met. But look who had to move. Jesus had to change. Jesus had to adopt the other word. Oh, the grace and mercy of God. The Christmas gospel, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Full of grace and truth. And there it is. Recognising that Peter was so broken and hurt that he couldn't even pretend to love like that. Jesus comes to him where he is. The healing of the past is complete. We're living in dark times. Peter was in dark days. Our dark days go on. And in a few moments we want to pray for all the people who are making all the sacrifices and putting in all the work for the people who are hurting and sick, for the people who are grieving and feeling loss. But for all of us in these days, the dark clouds that seem to hang over us cause us to ask all sorts of questions about life, about ourselves, and maybe even about the future. What's it going to be like? How could it be? And it's Far too early for us to be thinking about what we're actually going to do. But it's reasonable for us to be reflecting about what needs to happen in here. 
And I think it would be reasonable of us to ask God, what would you like your church to be like? What would you like our faith to be like? What would you like our, our contribution to society and to our world? What would you like that to be like? There's another wee bit to the story that finishes it off. Because not, not just has Peter reached this point of meeting with Jesus uh, and the past, the darkness being dealt with there. But there's two more words. And again, we pick these up from the very first story right back at the beginning of the gospel. When, when Jesus uh, meets Peter in that fishing boat that day and sets about this invitation to uh, being a disciple, he uses these words, follow me. And the follow me is the words of the rabbi to the disciple or of Lord to the follower. And after this interchange of the healing of the three denials with the, the three questions and the three responses, Jesus then goes on to say to Peter, follow me. Now, we need to remember, it's the same beach, it's the same backdrop, it's the same boats, the same fish. It's the same moment over again. So not only this time has the past been sorted out, but the invitation to walk into the future is also being issued again. And I think in the darkness of these days, when we dwell here and we want to work here and serve here and love here and pray for people here and support one another, but that there's something of a new birth and a new possibility needs to grow inside of us as well. Now, Beaver's a church that has a history of rising out of the rubble to become something new. Wouldn't we love that to happen across the wider Church of God? To happen across our city, our nation? Let's turn that into a prayer of some sort. Lord, would you pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and come and fill this heart the hearts, the minds of everyone listening, whether they're part of Beaver or from some other church or some other part of the world. Lord, would you pour out your spirit upon us? Would you bring about the healing of the past, the things where we think we have failed and not been what we could have been? And would you issue again to us the call to walk into the future with you? Pour out your Holy Spirit upon your church, Lord. Bring revival to us, revival to this nation. Let's just turn that quietly into a prayer as we sing it together. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed. Michelle, Eric and Eva, would you like to lead us? Uh, over to you now.
again and thank you Hudsons for leading us in our worship and now we're going to turn to Joanne who's going to lead us in our prayers. So this is the moment if you manage to find uh, some candles and matches we're going to light them simultaneously and just know that all across our beaver community all across the city all these little lights are going to be springing into life and so together light of the world we turn to you in prayer. For our prayers today, when I say we pray in Jesus' name, the response is, Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can quench. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, help us to know that you hear all our prayers, spoken and silent. You know our thoughts, our feelings, our joys and our sorrows. You know us better than we know ourselves. And so we take a moment to pause and focus on the candle that we have lit and rest in your presence for a moment. We pray in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can quench. Father, we thank you for bringing us together again this Sunday. As we start to settle into new patterns of living, help us to find ways of sharing the good news of Easter with those around us. Help us to find the right words and the right acts of kindness as we reach out to others. We pray in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can quench. We thank you for church leaders across the world and here in Beaver as they have adapted and risen to new challenges. We thank you that we can be together even when scattered. We ask for your blessing on Adrian, Janice, Rodney, Chris, Paul, Catherine, Carson and Jennifer as they seek new ways to minister and share beaver style within our congregation and more widely. We pray in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can quench. We pray for all the aid agencies that are providing support to the poorest and most vulnerable across our world. We pray for those who have limited access to sanitation and few options for either hand washing or physical distancing. Draw close to them and the aid workers as they seek to find solutions in desperate circumstances. Move our divided world to show compassion and support, both financially and in prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can quench. We pray for all those putting themselves at risk of illness to ensure that the majority of us can stay safe in our homes. We pray for our health service and social care workers, that you would give them courage and strength to face each new day. We pray for farmers and all those involved in food production, that you would give them peace amidst the uncertainty. And we pray for all those working in factories, serving in our shops, involved in postal and delivery services, and keeping our schools open for children of key workers. Draw close to them and keep them safe. We pray in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can quench. We pray for all those involved in research into testing, vaccination or medication for this virus. We ask that you would give them wisdom, insight and patience as they seek to make a scientific breakthrough. And we pray for our political leaders. We ask that you would give them clear vision, courageous decision making and compassionate communication. 
we pray in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can quench. We ask for your healing and wholeness for all who are sick in mind or body at this time. We pray for those who care for them, that their touch would be your touch and their words your words. We also remember before you those who have died recently and those long past but still missed and ask you to give comfort and peace to all those who grieve. And we take a moment now to remember before God those people on our hearts at this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can quench. Father, in these dark and anxious times, help us to notice and see your perfect maker's hand in everyday things that surround us. Your hand in the food on our tables, in the technology that means that we can be together even when apart, in the good weather we have enjoyed over recent weeks and in the sights, sounds and smells of spring. Thank you for the symbols of your love and hope all around us and for the many good things you have given us and which we confess we have often taken for granted. We pray in Jesus' name. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, a light no darkness can quench. Father, as we end our time of prayer, we ask you to give us eyes to see the best in people, hearts to forgive the worst, minds that forget the bad, and souls that never lose faith in you. Amen. And we conclude our prayers praying as Jesus taught us. Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. And now we're going to finish our service this morning with worship once again. Please feel free to hang around afterwards, chat in the chat box, uh, connect with us during the week. There's lots happening on the website, on the Facebook page. Join us every day at 6pm for the Daily Candle. Uh, please don't feel that you are alone. There's a big community of wonderful, friendly people here who would just love to connect with you in any way that we can. For our final hymn, I'm going to see if I can lift the camera and take you on a little adventure just beyond the doors of the summer house here uh, to show you. Um, now, I'm not an expert or anything, but I think aren't these tulips? We've been uh, able to watch them uh, grow and blossom as the week has progressed. Morning by morning, fresh mercies I see. That's what we're about to sing. And this is the truth of things as we look all around us in this beautiful springtime, in this world that is full of fear and uncertainty. Morning by morning, fresh mercies I see. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me.
Thanks, Michelle, Eric and Ava for leading us there. Uh, I hope you've all enjoyed this morning and that has been helpful in some way or other. Uh, thanks to everybody who's taken part this morning and uh, particularly Chris, who's been sort of put the whole thing together for us and for Johnny in the background uh, who edits and makes sure it all runs smoothly. So thank you to them and everyone else. Now, uh, there are a few wee things just before you go. Don't forget to have a wee look at the announcements, maybe share a few wee comments. And uh, you will be able to go to the YouTube channel, uh, all the usual sorts of places, and find that uh, Lighthouse cell. So don't forget to get away there and practice uh, all your movements and your dance moves and everything else. Get them recorded and get them sent in. And it doesn't have to be just children. I'm sure there are a whole lot of us uh, could have a go at that as well. Uh, do hang on for a while uh, if you want to chat uh, or catch up with one another. Uh, let's say the grace together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. And go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. To hear previous weeks and for more information, go to beaverparish.co.uk forward slash sermons.